CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. What's up, nerds? This is Just a Couple of Arslings, The Last Kingdom Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica Toomer. And I'm Melissa Fixie. We are writers for Sci-Fi Wires fangirls who started recapping The Last Kingdom in Season 3, so we decided to bring that nerdy, horny energy to Podcastlandia. And we've reached our <gasps> final episode for a this while. This is it. This is we've it. Done it. Yeah, 28 episodes. That is no small feat. That's insane. Well, in the amount of time that we've done it, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. And I think it's like such a good way to like end 2019. It this is. Was such a, it was a big a project. Labor of love. Yes. <laughs> I loved it. Um, but yeah, we'll be back for season four whenever, whenever that, that is. Hopefully it'll be, you know, in spring sometime. Maybe they'll surprise us. Right. But, you know, we'll be around. We'll probably still be about that, you know, last, last kingdom, kingdom shit, life. Yeah. So. <laughs> You just won't have to listen to our voices anymore. Right. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about the sound of your own voice recorded like it's a nightmare to listen to? Yeah, I don't, you know, it makes me feel better because I hate my voice, but I think everyone hates their voice when they hear it. 100%. So. I, I hate them so, I hate it so much. I hate hearing it. I hate listening to it with transcription, but, you know. We hope you yeah, guys like our voices. <laughs> yeah, if you hate our voices, just don't tell us. <laughs> right, please don't. Don't give me that anxiety. Speaking of anxiety, let's talk about, okay, we've saved this for the last because this might not be like in line with Last Kingdom things, but it just, it must be talked about because it's going to be just a cultural marker, mm. I think, of yes. our lives. <laughs> I I don't even know. Every time I see a new trailer or promotion or something for this film, I don't know how to handle it because it's just, I can't they believe. They were on drugs when they made this movie. I'm 100% yes. certain. Like someone was doing some LSD or something. It's insane. So we're talking about cats, you guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if, if that needs to be made clear, we're talking about the the live action kind of musical of cats. Yes. Um this was a a play, a, a musical on Broadway. I'm not familiar with the musical at all. Oh my god, let me tell you. <laughs> I grew up on this thing. I don't know why, but like I I've watched this since I was a child. I feel like it used to run on PBS a lot. Like I would it see did. commercials yes. for it in between episodes of Wishbone, but I never actually watched it myself. <laughs> yeah, um I don't think the Wishbone audience was the correct mm. audience to pander to. Mm. Um, but I I clued in, um, and it explains so much about myself, I think, now that I look back. <laughs> but So basically, it's this musical. Um, it's about these, <laughs> these cats um, who it's like one night of the year when they have this kind of cat ball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just even saying it is insane. They have this kind of big thing. Big party, basically. Mm -hmm. And um, one cat gets chosen to to live a new life because, you know, like cats have the nine lives. And so it's like you get you, you, one cat who has like proven themselves or or has a good soul or whatever, however they're chosen, gets chosen to, um, you know, kind of leave this life of squalor behind and have a new life. That sounds and really so, depressing. It's something <laughs> i mean it, it's interesting um if you haven't like see see the broadway play before you um go see this movie because mm, i don't okay. think that's an option but uh, uh. you can well it's on it's on like you'll be able to find it somewhere on the internet i have to believe someone's like immortalized it on the internet yeah um but it's got there's some really good songs in it like the the music of it it's super interesting. It's a little bit weird. It feels like very edgy and it's just it does not match like the 
cats theme. No, and I'm always all. I'm always kind of shocked to find out that there that the musical was based on poems by T. S. Eliot. Like, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> I mean, just throw a bunch of shit in like a a cauldron and bubble it up, and that's what cats is. Like, right. it's insane. Yeah my my only exposure to cats was that um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt episode when Titus accidentally Ooh. joins the cast. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, so this trailer, that's the gist, right? The trailer for Cats, um, the new musical, which has literally everyone from, like, Taylor Swift to Idris Elba, James Corden, Judy fucking Dench. It's true. (laughs) Ian McKellen's there. Like, what is going on? Jennifer Hudson. Jennifer Hudson. Oh, She's so talented and has such a great voice. And I'm just like, why don't I see more of her? And then I watch this trailer and they've turned her into some sort of cat monstrosity. And I'm like, not like this. This is not what I wanted. I know who she she plays and what song she's going to sing. So you'll appreciate her singing this song because it's like the yeah, she piece sings, de resistance. Right. She sings memory, um, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I know yeah. I know enough to know that that's a thing. <laughs> that's a big deal in right. our world of cats, Alyssa. Right. Um, but yeah, Jason Derulo. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, it just looks so fucking insane. And I think the major like issue I have with this um, is that they, the way they did the cats, it's weird. Like, the way they made them cats, yes. They still like, have what their. What did they do? The lady, <laughs> the lady cats have boobs. Idris Elba's covered in hair. I don't, I don't like it. It's like CGI, but they also have on some kind of suit, and they've got their face makeup, but the rest is, like, kind of CGI fur. It's upsetting. Um, it's it's strange. <laughs> like, I mean, and that's that's saying a lot, because, you know, the original musical, they're just wearing, like, cat suits. Like, it's like leotards with fur, mm-hmm. and that's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it really throws me off. And the memes you can are good t- on Twitter, though. So at least we. Have oh my that. god! <laughs> you know what? There's going to be so much to find in this movie when we see it. I feel like, but um, just the wait for it is like if you go on Twitter and you see like the conversation around cats, it's just like who knows what's going to happen. It's like Y two K all over again. Right. Right. <laughs> Whoa. That's uh. That's something well, that else. That is a big statement. <laughs> But it, I think it's true. So you're going to be saying a lot about Cats because it's also like eligible for award season. And Hollywood loves weird fucking musicals. So I'm sure we'll be nominated for something. <sighs> I just <laughs> don't even know so about get that. get on board the Cats train, oh, Alyssa. Oh, <laughs> man. I guess I'm going to have to. <laughs> I think we need to get into this last episode of season three, Last Kingdom. Um, It's a doozy. Lots happens. It's such a good way to end the season and to set up kind of the uncertainty of next season. Um, But we start off pretty shitty. (laughs) Yeah, I here's the thing. This death had Mm. it didn't have to happen. It wasn't in the books. And this is not what happens to Tira. And I just felt that here's the th- okay, okay. I don't think what does happen to Tira. Well, she burns alive in her own home, trapped beneath the body of her attacker. Right, but I mean, in the books, I don't know, but I know she doesn't die oh, like this. But she's alive. But she, yeah, she's not. This is not how she dies, Ugh. or anything like that. I don't think that the Last Kingdom is a particularly. Um, I don't know. I've never really thought it was like a gratuitous show. Like there wasn't, I mean, there, you know, there's been sex and violence and whatever, but it's never really felt like, yikes, this is too much. Mm-hmm. But I really felt like this scene and the way that she dies was a lot. Like the extended close-ups of her, like suffering beneath the floorboards, burning alive, screaming for Bayoka. And it just, it really didn't sit well with me for a woman who's undergone such horrible trauma for so much of her life to die in such a traumatic way. I don't know. I just, it felt really unnecessary to me. And it it was, it's a really classic example of fridging. Like, she died so that Bayoka could have, like, 
the fire inside of him to go participate in the battle. Like, that's it. She died to Mm -hmm. motivate him. And that's such a worn-out trope, like the woman dying to give the man the emotional oomph that he needs to, you know, fulfill his mission or whatever. And I'm just sick of it. I'm really, I'm really sick of it. I, I hated this. I hated this storyline. Yeah, like, that's the only thing that can spur him into action is, like, someone dying. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, I think I think that's um, not giving men enough credit. And um, it's certainly not, you know, a service to women at all. And I think, mm. I think you're right. The way Tira dies, it makes me question why bring her back at all. It's how her family died within a fire. You think that would be a comfort Father, all we know is that she's at peace now. Why have her captured in the first season? Why, you know, liberate her? Why bring her to Winchester? Why have her get married? Like, what What was the point? You could have just... It just... I don't know. She's always been... She's always been a character that's been on the fringes, and her suffering has um, served the greater story of these men in her life. Mm-hmm. But it kind of finally felt like, okay, she had found her place with Bioka. She's okay. And then, so to do something like this, just, I don't know. It's like, you're already, you're beating a dead horse. And I don't understand why it was in this way. Like, yeah. you know, so she's harassed and she fights back against this guy who's harassing her. And, and then she she's burned up, to death. She's which burned is like to her, death for like, it. Like her family died. So she's lived her whole life being harassed by men and sort of, you know, dealing with the aftermath of what happened to her family and then to kill her in this way just felt cruel. It felt really yeah. cruel. And it was a choice. I don't know who had a thing, a grudge against Tira, uh, yeah. <laughs> but someone in that writer's room had to have, because it's not, I don't know. We talk about parallels on the show a lot and we've talked about it, you know, with that scene with Finn and Uhtred on the boat. Mm-hmm. This is not, this is an ugly parallel. Yeah. This is not a good one. Yeah. I don't, and I don't know what purpose it serves. So, yeah, I think, you know, it's obviously so sad that we've lost Tira. It's even worse that we've lost her in this way. Mm. And I hope, you know, maybe the writers will learn from this and not do this again because it's just such a such a bad look, like such a bad message to be sending about, you know, women fighting back against oppression. And then, you know, somehow that is what kind of traps her in this house and she burns to death. Mm. It's just it's it's bad metaphors all around. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, yeah, I hated this. I didn't, I didn't Tira, think it was. You it. deserved better. She deserved we way better. But, um, um yeah. Go Hala now. Yeah. She did, I do want to say, she did end up, she was under those floorboards. She was going to burn to death. So she ended up taking her life like a Viking warrior would, which is what she told Bioka a couple episodes ago. And she's like such a boss for doing that. And, you know, I hope she's rewarded handsomely in Valhalla. I guess. I don't know. I have I have a hard time like finding anything about this. And I'm like, <laughs> this is this is good. And it's not like things are that much better in the rest of the kingdom. Like as soon as Alfred's dead, everybody's, you know, starting to try and get their peace. Like Athelred wants to be king of Mercia and he's so disdainful to Athelfled about it. But um yeah, so he he wants to, you know, link up with Athelwald at some point and, you know, try and take out Edward. And because they both like Athelred and Athelwald both are so bitter about their lot in life, even though they both live very privileged existences. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's not like things are going great outside of the burning home either. Yeah, I mean, it's tough all around. People are piecing out. People are worried that Edward is is not going to be the man his father was. Mm. The snakes are kind of coming out of the grass. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Ethelwald and Ethelwald are... Ethelred and Ethelwald... So many fucking Ethels. I know. They're all the worst except Ethelfled. I know. They they kind of have this, like, meeting in an alehouse where they're chatting about, well, what if if we, you know, made a deal with the Danes? What if... Um, we let them slaughter Edward and then we picked up the pieces, which is just such a stupid plan because you are, you know, outmatched by these Danes, even though I don't have much respect for Canute and Heston, mm-hmm. like Athelred and Athelwald are no match for those men. And um, it's silly to think that they could have this kind of pact with the Danes, let them take out 
Edward, like, basically do their dirty work and then kind of swoop in and be like, okay, now I'm king. Right. Like, it's such an, it's, it makes no sense to me, but it does to them. And so they have this little meeting. Bioka comes in with his axe. Um, He's pissed off because Tira has burned alive um, and he's watched it all. And that was so heartbreaking. Yeah. And and he knows that Athelwald is the reason, whether directly or indirectly, his kind of spreading these rumors and causing discontent has made people fear each other and hate each other for no reason. And so he sends a message. Yeah, a violent one. But I mean, I respect it. I man. do too. I want to come in and like slam an axe down on a table. Right. <laughs> Why don't I have, you know, an axe ready for such situations as this? <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's bad. Like people are starting Mm -hmm. to splinter already and, you know, the news reaches the Danes and they scream a lot about it. They're really excited. So hyped. Oh, God. (laughs) It's like mosh pit. Exactly. (laughs) Times a thousand or whatever. But yeah, so they, they're, you know, finally going to make their move. Um, and, you know, in the midst of all of this, Uhtred is kind of, locked out of it like he's in prison and um you know he he doesn't know he has no idea he has no idea what's going on out there and athelflaed comes to him and you know she tells him that she was able to talk her mom down from execution back to banishment and yeah awesome (laughs) this is so great (laughs) (laughs) um but he wants to talk to bayoka and you know, she kind of tells him, like, he's dealing with his own shit right now, but Bayoka is still there because Bayoka, like, even when he chooses Alfred over everything, he's still one of um, Uhtred's greatest champions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so he wants him to stay and he wants him to help rebuild and not abandon what he's worked so hard to create with Alfred. Um, and then, you know, he tells him about Tira and they cry together and it's just a really, really emotional scene. Yeah, it's a sweet moment between them because you see how, you know, their their lives are just as bonded as Alfred and Uhtred Definitely. were, you know, if not more. And so they're they're both able to grieve together, um, which I think is helpful. And I think, you know, Bioka being who he is, he doesn't want to spend too much time. He doesn't want to be overtaken by this grief because he knows they have you know, bigger problems. And so he kind of compartmentalizes it and is like, we need to move forward. Um, Like, we'll we'll lose our shit later. You know, we'll go drinking and whoring later. But, like, right now, it's... We've got things that we have to do. And I think there's a bit of fire that comes from that because of the way Tira has died, which is, you know, Ethelwald's kind of whispering has stirred up a lot of bad feelings and and... Bioka doesn't want to see Alfred's legacy become something like that. And so they uh, they had their little bro moment. Who's not having a bro moment? Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Athelwald, friendship has really dissolved. It's dead. Dead in the water. Um, yeah. So Aldhelm never sent for the 50 extra men that Athelred wanted because he wisely knew that that would be seen as like, a, you know, a movement of war. And Athelred is really sick of Aldhelm kind of managing him in the way that he does. And he's he's suspicious of how, you know, how he always takes Athelfled's side. And the way that he handles this suspicion is to stab him in the gut. That's Yikes. real mature. <laughs> great way to handle that's, your that's conflict. That's how you know the friendship is done. Yep. Um, you can't come back yeah. from a gut wound, I don't think. I really, it's... I think that's it. Okay, but this whole, like, kind of interaction really reminded me, I think it's easy to just hate on Ethelred and and be like, oh, he's so stupid, he's such a pawn, he has no idea what he's doing. But there are moments, like this moment, where he is super conniving, he's dangerous, he's he's having this conversation with Edhelm, and he's kind of, like, invading his space and pushing him back against the wall, and he's like, did you or did you not? Did you or did you not? And they're, they're having this kind of tense conversation, all of a sudden he just sticks him with this knife yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. And so it's like... It's it's almost it's like a snake. It's a a snake who kind of just strikes out of nowhere and then kind of recedes back. And so it's it's scary and it kind of reminds me like, okay, yes, Ethelred is a turd, mm-hmm. but he's someone we should be worried about. Definitely. 
Definitely. And, you know, Aldhelm is kind of, he's kind of stuck without an ally then because he spent mm. so much of his time, you know, right by Athelred's side, doing his bidding, being his right-hand man. So, yeah, really his only option is to go to Athelfled. And so he shows up. I mean, he could have gone to a doctor, though. Right. <laughs> I mean, I guess. but There's, there's got to be a physician somewhere. That's not dramatic, though. And we're looking that's for true. high you drama. You gotta leave the blood on the door. Right. You gotta. <laughs> right. He can't have this, you know, pained love confection in a doctor's office. So That's very true. <laughs> but, yeah, like, he goes to Athelfled. He tells her what Athelred is doing, what he's planning on doing, and, you know, he basically tells her that he loves her, it sucks, but he does, and um, he thinks that she's really the one who's going to lead Mercia and to save it. He's not wrong. Right. Um, and who wouldn't be and, Who wouldn't be in love with Athelfled? I she's mean, amazing. I can't blame him. Yeah. She's so smart. We're all in love she's with so her, wonderful. Dude. She's got Get beautiful hair. Like, <laughs> who wouldn't be in love with Athelred? Get to the back of the line, bro. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I, you know what? I really liked this interaction. I did too. I think, I think it was easy to hate Ed Helm in, in season two. I think this season he's really proven himself. And this whole kind of confession, I liked it because it felt like, it wasn't like, I'm going to burden you with my feelings. It was just it like, it was more of a thing of, I'm I need dying, to be honest with so you. So you need to yeah. know. Yeah. I need to be honest with you. If I die, I, I'll have told you. If not, you know, he knows that this partnership with her is going to continue because he want he he wants what's best for Mercy and he knows that she does, too. Right. And so it's better to have this out in the open and have her know. Right. And he's not asking anything of her. Right. He I think just, he knows that it's never going to go anywhere. He just. Oh, he just wanted her to know that ain't happening, bro. But I, I, I don't know. I just appreciated his honesty with her because I Me think too. he knows that that's what she values most, especially from someone like him who has been aligned with her husband for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, so he really puts he puts himself in a vulnerable position to kind of gain her trust. And yeah, so it's all up to Ethelflaed to save Mercia. And it's really up to Uhtred to save Wessex at this point. And to do that, he has to plead his case in front of Edward and the townspeople. So, I so loved, with has banished I loved him. this scene. I thought Such it was a good scene. so good. Um, yeah. And, you know, so they're, they are in this public square and Uhtred, you know, they're trying to get him to leave. And he, you know, he tells Edward, he's like, listen, like your dad gave me this pardon. And, you know, he made that, you know, he makes that public. And so that, that, People will know that if he is banished, it is against Alfred's wishes. Um, and Aylesworth, such a bitch. I'm so sick of her. <laughs> such um, a bitch. But she's like, doesn't matter. Get out. Blah, blah, blah. But he really appeals to Edward. And he's like, listen, like, this is this is a serious thing. This is something you have to decide for yourself. And, you know, doesn't matter what you what I think your dad would have done, what I know he would have done. Um, you have to do this. You have to, you know, make this choice. And Edward believes him. Edward believes that he has, you know, the right to speak and he has the right to make his case. But I loved when, you know, Aleswith tells him, you know, you're not in the Chronicle. You're never going to be in it. And he says, unwritten, but I am there. You know, it was never mm. less than an honor to serve Alfred. And I did it to the best of my abilities. You know, and he gets all choked up when he says he was his king. And I was just like, oh, (sighs) so good. It's so sweet. I mean, it's just, it's it's really nice. It's so powerful. He was a man that I loved and despised, but it was never less than an honor to serve him. He was my king. It is. Yeah. It's such a nice kind of way to wrap up that whole, I mean, Alfred is dead, so things are wrapped up, but it's just a nice kind of bow on everything that they've been through together for him to make this speech. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. You know, he makes such a compelling case for himself and why he should be allowed to stay. And Edward, I think he really he really recognizes that. You know, he asks him, why did my dad, you know, choose not to announce it? And, you know, he kind of tells him, well, you know, Alfred wanted you to make this choice to dispense justice, probably. You know, we can never really know. Um and, you know, Athelwald, of course, chimes in and is like, he's not the king. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God. Sit down, Athelwald. Sit down and shut up. 
But yeah, you know, Uhtred really makes his case and Edward, you know, decides that Uhtred's pardon stands. And it's it's a big moment for him as a king because, you know, at the battlefield, he stood up against his father and now he stood up against his mother. So I feel like we're seeing that Edward is not as easily led as um, we thought he was in the beginning. Yeah. And so, you know, this is, is such a beautiful moment. Um, Bayoka kind of chimes in and helps Uhtred out and and talks about you know, justice needing to be seen and really props up Edward as the next king. Um, but he's not yet. And so he has to kind of endure this this really shitty Witten um, <clears throat> with Ethelred kind of questioning his every move. So and, awful. Um, the, you know, they're trying to they're trying to plan this battle against the Danes. They know it's going to be a big one. Ethelred is over here, you know, basically insinuating that they're not going to win and he's not going to lead his men into slaughter and questioning, you know, Edward's ability to lead and his experience. And so it's it's up to Uhtred really to kind of rally the troops and to get all of these lords to believe in Edward. And he even has to kind of, you know, give Edward a pep talk at the end of it. Yeah, I think, you know, we've talked about this before. Like, Edward is, he's so, um, he's so green and he's so inexperienced and he's facing something that he didn't think he was going to have to for a long time. And so he's just a boy and now he's in charge of a kingdom and trying to keep that together. That's a lot. That's a lot. I feel for him. It's it's a hard, hard path. It's a hard road to walk. And um, I think it's good that he doesn't have to walk it alone in the beginning. Uhtred is obviously going to be there for him. Um, <clears throat> and he, Uhtred basically, you know, Edward is kind of there after the wet and questioning, like, what do I do? I'm not my father. I'm afraid. And Uhtred tells him, you know, I was I was with your dad in those swamps and you were dying as a baby. And he was terrified. Mm-hmm. But he got over that fear and he, he led his people to victory. And I know you can do the same. And so... That kind of galvanizes Edward a bit, and he he writes a bunch of letters and sends them out to all the aldermen, um, calling them to battle. They're going to pick a place um, that they have the best advantage, which is what's the place? It is. <laughs> I know I you know it down. Alyssa. It's um, Bedford. And my first I thought, I rely on you so much. <laughs> <laughs> my first thought was, is there a hill there? But it's actually just woods. But there's trees. There's trees. And he knows that. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm telling you, he has another like career in his old age. Cartography. He maps. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. So, so the plan is, you know, there's it's a lot of wooded area. There's no open fields and that's where Uhtred wants to make their stand because he knows if it's it kind of in an open field battle contest between the Danes they're outnumbered the Danes would win yes and again you know we just kind of get that glimpse of how smart Uhtred is especially when it comes to battle he's such a strategist and so yeah so while that's going on you know Brita Brita gets that kind of um that yes from Canute that yes it was Ethelwald like mm-hmm. she's sort certain of it now and um she makes Canute promise while they're on the road they're marching um she makes him promise to you know save Ethelwald for her that's that's her kill and then she um once they kind of camp she sends Jackdaw ahead um Canute's going to send some spies to see where Edward's army is and she sends Jackdaw with them um, with a message for Uhtred that basically says, you know, it's Ethelwald, you know what to do, don't let me down. Yeah, and I liked that moment around the fire, you know, after Ethelwald has fled Wessex and he's hooked up with the Danes again and he's sitting with them. Mm. And she, like, lets him know that she knows. Ooh, it was, like, so... That, did you see his face? Yes, like, he ooh. was afraid of her. She gave him her best withering stare. It was beautiful. But, yeah, like, so she she knows Athelwald should be very afraid. Yeah, because now Uhtred knows. Right. Um, and he is pissed. pissed. Whoa, like, he was ooh, so mad. God. Which, like, um, I would I thought he too. was about to, like, just burn the camp down. Like, right? Like, he was so angry. Plus, like, I mean, obviously he was mad. It's Athelwald, and he killed the great warrior Ragnar. What the hell? Mm. I'd be and mad, too. And he's been around him in Winchester, yes. you know, for such a long time. Well, so there is like, that moment, like, <sighs> earlier in the episode where he kind of, like, brings up Ragnar and is like, I never said I'm sorry about this i'm just like why would you bring this up you epic shirt sit shirt st- shit stirrer 
could not get that one up. (laughs) You know what, guys? It's early. Right. I just, I could not get that one out. I watched The Good Place last night, so shirt is on the brain. Oh! Um, God, I wish we cursed, like, The Good Place. Right? That'd be the best. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so Athelwald should be very afraid right now. I think everybody's very on edge. Like, they've, you know, they've settled in the woods. They are waiting for more people to come. They're worried that what if, you know, what if the letters didn't work and nobody shows up to help Edward? But, you know, Uhtred kind of refuses to believe that. But, yeah, it's it's tense. And, you know, Uhtred does his best to, you know, encourage Edward and let him know, like, you know, this is we're not going to die today. This is going to be fine. People will listen. And honestly, like, where would Edward be without Uhtred at Mm. this point? Like, I don't understand how anybody could be like, this is a bad thing for Edward. That's insane to me. Then this may well be the place we die, we tread. Or it may well be the place you become king, Lord. Yeah, because, I mean, I think Edward is a good dude at heart. Sure. But he he lacks the confidence and the experience. Mm -hmm. And I think if it were just him alone, or even just him with Stayapa, this battle would not have gone the way it goes. Absolutely not. Edward needs a man in his corner, and that man, like, if that man is Uhtred, all the better, because he's not sure of himself yet. And why should he be? Why I should mean, he, he be? literally just sat on that throne. Right. So, yeah, Aylesworth, you know, she she pieces out after Edward, um, you know, pardons Uhtred again back in the square in Winchester. So I wish she could see this moment, but, of course, she's off, like, stewing in her angst. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, so the Saxons are, are readying their kind of sneak attack on the Danes. The Danes are marching through the woods. You know, they're in a, a line. They find the spies that Finnan and Citric they find the spies. strung up. And they know that that's a bad omen. Yeah. Yikes. Like, <laughs> there's nothing more useless than a dead spy. Um, right. And then to see him kind of hung up in the trees while you're marching to battle is not the best. No. But, you know, Uhtred very wisely is like, okay, we're going to attack them while they're on the march in the woods because it makes it more difficult for them to defend. Mm-hmm. And we're going to attack the back half. We're going to attack the the rear of their army so that, you know, the front with Canute and Heston and the rest are kind of scrambling to come back around and defend themselves. And it works pretty well, but it is complete chaos. It's, yeah, it's insane. Like, they, you know, the the main army with Edward and Uhtred and everybody is not that significant. So they are, you know, planning on doing as much damage as they can to the rear and then kind of hoping that everybody else shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do. You know, Athelflaed shows up with the Mercians because she sort of took control from Athelred and decided to lead the army instead of him, which is awesome. But also, why isn't she wearing any armor? I feel like she should be more protected. I I get it. She's got to look cute or whatever, but, like, let's get her some badass armor because she was very undefended. And then, you know, there's this whole moment where it's really starting to go south for the Danes, and Hessen is screaming at Athelwald, like, where is your man? Where is Sigurd? Like, is he going to show? And he does show... But ultimately, he decides to go with Wessex because that's, you know, the home of his countrymen. That's where his family is from. And so he kind of, not kind of, he really leaves Athelwald hanging. And it's sort of the thing that pushes the their advantage over the edge and they're able to defeat the Danes. But woof, it is a lot. Yeah, um, Athelwald is not happy that uh, Sigurd has kind of betrayed him in the end. Heston is definitely not happy that Sigurd has betrayed Ethelwald. Yeah. Um, and you kind of see, once Sigurd makes that decision, you kind of see things start to fall apart for the Danes. So um, Heston kind of realizes, you know, we're not going to win this. Ethelwald is like clearly like, I'm out. And Canute mm-hmm. ends up spearing Sigurd to death. So that's... Good for the Danes, I guess. But I think the damage is already done because he's already led his men into this fight um, for Wessex. And yeah. And so I think the the last, you know, kind of big part of this battle, now that we are pretty sure that the Saxons are going to win, the last big part of this battle is, you know, when Uhtred sees Ethelwald and it is on. Yeah. Yeah, he sort of sees him across the battlefield and, you know, he starts to, like, hunt him down. And Athelwald is, he's not even putting up a pretense that he's going to fight him. He is just afraid. Um, And so he's, you know, he's on the run. Uhtred is trying to catch him. And he gets knocked down at one point and, you know, almost gets 
gouged by a Dane, but uh, Brita throws her axes as she is wont to do and saves his life because she knows <laughs> she knows that he's on a mission, um, and that mission is to save Ragnar's soul. And so she's going to do everything she can to sort of aid him in that. But yeah, he hunts him down in the wood. It's really intense, and Athelwald is just he's such a coward to the end. Don't you killed my brother? Admit it to me. Yes. To the end, he's begging for his life. His horse trips up, breaks his arm. He's like up against this tree. He's, you know, asking Uhtred, please spare me. I'll go east. I'll go west. Like, you'll never have to see my face again. And Uhtred kind of plays it. He plays it so interesting because he first he's like, you know, tell me that you killed my brother. Tell me. And when Athelwald finally admits it, he kind of backs off and and is like, you know what? Well, you'll need silver to leave. And it it gives Ethelwald this moment of like, okay, maybe he's going to spare me, you know? Mm-hmm. And um and so he tosses the the bag of blood to Ethelwald, pretending that it's silver. Pretending that it's silver. Ethelwald catches traveling it. money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ethelwald catches it and then he just stabs right through the bag, uh, right through Ethelwald's heart. So satisfying. Such a good moment. Oh, yeah. like yeah, I that moment, it was a long time coming, and to see kind of the look of like shock on Ethelwald's face because even even when he's begging for his life, I don't think he believes he's going to die. Like this is a, a kind of cockroach character who thinks he's always going to make it out alive. Yeah, and so to see him finally get what he deserves, and by Uhtred's hand, and in, in that way. Yeah, it's the best. It Sometimes the- this show gives you exactly what you, <laughs> what you want. We start out on something awful and we end on something amazing. But yeah, so Athelwald is dead, and then Brita comes, and you know she has this nice moment with Uhtred, and they, you know, they hug, they have their moment. But there's also kind of this feeling of sadness because, like, now that the thing with Ragnar's done, they don't have any. They don't have anything that like keeps them bonded. I mean, like, yes, they have, you know, all their history, but, like, now it's it's very, very much she's a Dane, he's a Saxon. They don't have anything in common anymore. Yeah, that line feels like it's redrawn um, thicker than ever. And yeah. they they have this sweet moment, and then she just kind of leaves, and he doesn't try and stop her. He just watches her go. And, yeah, you know, I can't believe that this is the end for them, but sure. it does feel like a change. Um, and especially now that... Tira is also gone. It's mm. it's like that family has really crumbled. And so, um, and and Uhtred has has made his choice. So we see, you know, the Saxons win. We kind of see um, you know, everyone regrouping and and Uhtred is riding off. He goes to Ragnar's grave. And that's kind of how the episode ends. And it feels like I mean, it still feels like there's a ton of uncertainty, but it feels like, at least for now, Uhtred's kind of chosen the side. I can't imagine he'll ever go back to the Danes again. I, like why? His, there's there, nothing there's, there for him. There's nothing there for him now. So I feel like at the end of this season, th- he's more a Saxon than ever. Yeah, I think that that speech to Edward in the Square, it really kind of, I think it reminded him and it reminded us of just how much he has been integral to the success of Wessex and this United England. Sure. And so I just can't see him, especially now when, you know, maybe that's at threat a little bit and he's got this leader who's green and needs his help. I can't see him abandoning all that work. I mean, it's as much his work as it is Alfred's. Yeah, that's that's how the season ends. We're kind of left with things up in the air. Who knows? Hopefully there won't be too much of a time jump because I do want to see I want to see the building. You know what I mean? I think we've had some time jumps in this show where We've had to kind of catch up and be like, oh, wow, things are not good between these characters now or right. oh, so this has happened. I hope like we kind of get to see the beginnings of Edward's reign and see how he he manages things and how yeah. Uhtred plays a role in it. I agree. I agree. There's you know, there's a lot there's a lot of change over the course of this season. So they're really setting up season four to be something different. Um, and, you know, as much as I'll miss you know, Alfred and even Athelwald, like, I'm I'm excited to see, you know, what it's like with a less established Shore of Himself King. All right, guys, it's time for our next episode, Wishes. We're 
next season wishes, I think. Yes. (laughs) This is when we issue our demands for upcoming episodes like the spoiled toddlers that we are. Here's what we want to see, when we want to see it, and why we won't be denied. Alyssa, what are you looking forward to next season? I just, like I said, like this new season is going to bring about a lot of change. You know, we don't have Alfred as king. We don't have Athelwald as the primary antagonist anymore. Um, you know, Edward is making some positive choices early on in, you know, trusting Uhtred and not blindly listening to his mother and being willing to, you know, put himself on the line in battle. But he's still so young and has a lot to learn. Um, mm-hmm. You know, however, if he keeps Uhtred around, I think he's bound to make great strides. But I'm also, I'm really hoping we see more of Athelflaed next season. I feel like she's the more natural to successor to Alfred in a way. Um, and so I hope we see her, you know, further come into her own in Mercia and, you know, becomes even more of a queen there. Um, also, maybe Uhtred could take back Bappenberg. Maybe. I feel like it's <laughs> time. <laughs> um, yeah, it might be a full stream, but I would love to see the shorts of Bemberberg next season. Yes. Um, I think, you know, it would be nice to kind of finally see Uhtred take on his uncle and that's it that feels like the last kind of beef to squash you know Mm, what i mean yeah i think it'd also be super satisfying to see that guy die and (laughs) you know i'm interested to see how utrid and edward work together i think for now utrid is you know he's the more experienced leader he kind of dominates that relationship in a way but edward really needs to step up and he needs to assert himself if he's he's going to be that true king that he he needs to be and I think his mother and Ethelhelm, you know, they're going to be giving him the problems now that Sigurd and Athelwald are gone. And I think it's up to him to kind of stand up to them and, and you know, say, I'm the king. I make these decisions. I don't know if he's there yet, but maybe this, this battle and this win will help that confidence. Yeah, definitely. The Last Kingdom has a massive cast of interesting characters and nearly everyone gets their time to shine. Our arsling of the episode is the character who truly goes above and beyond to win the war or simply win our hearts. So, yeah. who'd you go for for this season three? That's, I mean, yeah. We've yeah. got to salute our boy. Um, <laughs> he went through it this season. I mean, he got cursed. He lost Gisela. You know, he became an outlaw. He had to avenge Ragnar's death. He lost Tira. But he pulled through and he became a lot stronger for those trials. And he led Wessex to victory. He made amends with Alfred and kept his word to him by siding with Edward. It just felt like he really established himself as a Saxon this season. And I think that's a big choice to make. So, you know, bravo to our man for picking a side, earning that side a huge victory, and getting rid of the turd Ethelwald for us. He really did a lot. He did the most, arguably. So, um, (laughs) yeah. So part of me felt like I had to give it to Leo Fritsch for old time's sake. Because, like, he did inspire this section. But, you know, he didn't... Speak a word, so that's the wrong call. I get um, it. So I'm going to give it to Edward. Like, yes, he's young and green, but you know, when push came to shove, he he made some serious decisions and he made the right ones, um, like upholding Alfred's pardon and trusting Uhtred. Um, plus, he went up against Aelswiss wishes, so that's a huge one in the plus column for me. Mm. Um, so yeah, keep walking this path, Athelang. Just don't knock up and abandon any more young women, and you'll be okay. Yeah, please. <laughs> Keep um, it maybe that's out away. of the system. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Keep it in your pants, Edward. Edward. Get ready to shame on the worst character of the episode with us. It doesn't matter if you're a Saxon or a Dane. Anyone can be a turd, and we're calling out the biggest one of the episode. So, Alyssa, you go first. Okay, cue up one last time from Hamilton, and <laughs> let's do this. Like, it's gotta be Athelwald, the yep. Last Kingdom's ultimate shitbag. Like, I'll miss him. He always stirred up, like, the most drama, but it was so satisfying to see him just die hard. Um <laughs> He he got not Bruce Willis style. not Bruce Willis style, <laughs> but you know, Athelwald style, crying and begging for his life and not standing up. Um, but yeah, he went out a coward. You know, the coward that we always knew him to be. And Wessex is better to be rid of him. Look, I don't think anyone needs to teach us how to say goodbye mm. to this asshole. Mm. Like he was love the, the Hamilton rest. Yes, we've always got to get in some Hamilton in there. He was the worst. And yeah, watching him beg for his life in the end, super satisfying. Um, 
you know, I, I suppose, like, I could name, like, Heston or Canude or even Aylesworth as honorary turds. Mm. Like, I'm assuming both of those Danes fled the battle to save we their skins. Yeah, we didn't see them die, so I'm assuming they're still alive they're and alive. are going to cause I mean, Canute is definitely alive because we see a little glimpse of him after the battle. Yeah. Um, so, And yeah, Heston is important enough that we would have seen the death blow, We would have seen him die. Plus, you know, the last time we saw Heston, he was like, oh, my God, we're going to lose. Right. So that's he probably a sign. fled. Yeah. He, he, he's known for leaving before it gets bad. You know, so that's that's turd behavior. And Aylesworth, you know, she was more than happy to railroad her son's early reign for this grudge against Edward. And, you know, Ethelred also stabbed his own man. So there are still plenty of turds to shade next season. But I think Ethelred was the biggest among them in season three. So I'm glad we finally tossed him out with the trash. It's what he deserved. Um, Ugh, more. He deserved that and more. Ugh, just get out of here. Now, this is clearly a very serious podcast about a very serious show, but sometimes it's nice to indulge in a little thirst. It's 2019, the world is on fire, and honestly, we deserve this. So this is our time to celebrate the thirstiest moments that really blew our skirts up this episode. Mm. But honestly, RIP to this section. Like, I think The Last Kingdom may have outgrown it. Yeah, I think, you know, having this section this season was pointless. Um a bad call on our parts. We're sorry. Um, <laughs> it but, worked so well for the first two seasons, but then it got, got all serious in season I mean, we three. We couldn't have predicted, you know, how dry this season would become. But maybe the thirst will return in season four, and the lack of season, the lack of it in season three, will make us kind of all the more grateful. Yeah. Um, to that end, as shocked as I am to admit it, uh, I did not mind seeing Edhelm without a shirt this episode. Even with a I gut mean, wound, you will not be deterred from thirsting. You know what? I That's respect how it. desperate I, I am. I respect it. <laughs> this is what the show has put me, pushed me to, this kind of desperation. Mm, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. This, we'll we've, to, we've suffered this season. <laughs> yes. We'll have to see if this section will survive into season four. My God. Um, maybe like the unthirstiest moment right. <laughs> would be better here. Which moment made you clasp your thighs together in terror? <laughs> made you like turn the lock and make sure it was tight on that chest right. belt. Right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe more appropriate. Uh, I think it's safe to say that we've never been accused of being unenthusiastic in our fandom. We annoy our friends, our family, and now you are devoted listeners. Welcome to Geek Out, where we will offer up our humble suggestions about what we think you should be watching and reading. And, Alyssa, this is the last Geek Out of the season, so what's I know, it going to be? And I feel like it's not the strongest recommendation. Mine's like, not either. You know, there's only so much media you can <sighs> consume at one time. Um... But I want to talk about the trailer for this new show called Everything's Gonna Be Okay. Um, it's coming out in January, and it's kind of like a, it's like a, it seems like it's like a gentle family dramedy, and it's about this um, young man is in his twenties, and his father dies, and he sort of becomes the de facto guardian for his two teenage half sisters, um, mm. and one of them is on the autism spectrum, and it's just about like learning how to be a grown-up and taking care of these girls. And it's um, it's coming from a guy named Josh Thomas, and I don't know. Did you ever watch his show, Please Like Me? Oh, my gosh, I've heard of that show. I haven't watched yeah. it, but I've heard such good things. I think it's on Hulu, and it's really lovely. Like, he's very funny, very sharp, but also very empathetic in his comedy. Like, it's not one of those shows where it's just, like, mean to the characters. You can tell in the writing that he really cares about what happens to them. Um, and so he's also the star of the show. Like, he always stars and produces and does the writing. And I'm assuming he does that for everything's going to be okay as well. Um, but yeah, it just looks like a really good show. The trailer made me laugh out loud a couple times, which is pretty rare. But also wow. it looks like it'll make me cry. Um, but yeah, so that's coming out in January. And I will definitely be watching it. Nice. Um, yeah. yeah, that sounds good. As long as it's not like... You know, I don't want to cry like this is us cry. I can't. I can't do. I can't do this is us. I feel manipulated into crying. So I didn't even make it through the first season of that show. Yeah, same. Um, all right, guys. Well, my my geek out is it's not a new uh, thing. It's been out. It's like a 2013 movie, um, but it's called Snowpiercer. So it's on good. Netflix right now. And there's yeah. a TV show coming. Yes. Um, that's set in that world. So um, it's kind of relevant. Yeah. Um, 
But it's listen, got Chris Evans. I was just say, listen, Chris Evans with a beard is always relevant. Always so relevant. Live your truth, girl. Thank you. Uh, Chris Evans is in it. Um, Jamie Bell, a, a bunch of other people. I think Tilda um, Swinton. Tilda Swinton. Uh, She's so scary Octavia in that Spencer, movie. Spencer, Ed a, Harris. Ugh, such a good cast. Yeah. Also, another way to make it relevant. It's one of the earlier films by the same director who directed Parasite, which is currently out yes. and making waves. So yes, bring it I'm all. Bring it all. It's um, Bong Bong Joon Ho, Bong Joon Ho. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's really a delight. <laughs> um, it's a dystopian kind of sci-fi film. Basically, you know, humanity is fucked. We've really ruined this planet, and so to survive this ice age that we put ourselves in, um, we're all put on a train. And the front passengers, you know, they're the rich, and they get to live these luxurious lives. And then the passengers in the rear. Um, really suffer and so that's where chris evans is and um a lot of the main characters are and it's about them leading this revolt to get to the front of the train and to to kind of commandeer this train and and make things better for everyone and um it's just so it's such a an interesting world it's a fully realized world like it's beautifully kind of filmed and it, it wrestles with a lot of like serious issues and i think also to see chris evans um, he did this in between Avengers and the next Captain America movie, I think. So to see him kind of in a role that's not Steve Rogers, like, yeah. obviously we're going to see him in more roles like that now. But to see him in a role like that, where he's still kind of playing this hero, but he's he's a much more conflicted, kind of morally gray hero. Sure. Um, it's really, it's really, really nice. And yeah, Tilda Swinton just... Steals every scene she's in. She's in- insane. She's got some fake teeth on that are just crazy. Next like, level. Uh, it's it's so good to watch her. She's so, so yeah. amazing. You know, this is a good movie, and I really enjoyed it, but I don't know if it's one I could ever watch again. Like, I... We are not the same person. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> because I, I watch it over and over. <laughs> I just, like, that I don't get. Like, it's a great movie, but when you described it as a delight, I was like, is it? <laughs> I mean, sure. There's cannibalism. Uh, right. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of dark things about it, but there's just something about it. it's just so weird and offbeat. I just Agreed. yeah, I love watching it. And it's very, and Chris Evans is super hot in it with that beard and that shaved head. Listen, Chris Evans is always super hot. Let that that's be true, known. That's true. But um, yeah, it's. I mean, I really enjoyed that movie, and it was so well made and so like interesting and unique, but. Yeah, I I don't know if I could watch that one again. Well, Alyssa, but everybody should it. watch it's my it. Takeout. Right, everybody should watch it for sure because yeah, it's a it's, great movie. But it's, it's not one. it's not one that I'll you know add to the couple times like a year those, rotation. Yeah, those Hallmark movies where you just play it on oh, the background. Right, you know what? I feel like there's some in between. <laughs> um, no, but maybe this will spur you to watch Parasite instead. Have you watched that? I haven't. I and I, you I know, I keep either. I keep meaning to see it, and I have been like tracking it in my movie theater. And I'm going out of town this weekend, and I'm really worried that it's going to be gone before <sighs> I can see it. So I don't know if I'm going to make it because it's. I mean, I live in the South. Like it, the, we don't always get the big, you know, indie movies of the time. So I right. think I'm. I think I'm going to miss my you know week and a half window when I could have seen it, which really sucks because I've heard it's just incredible. Well, fingers crossed, or maybe it'll come to streaming soon. Who knows? Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, if you want to hear more of our bullshitting, check us out on Twitter or over at Sci-Fi Wire Fangirls. Also, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a nice review wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, destiny is all bitches. <laughs>